If you have your Bibles, you can turn with me to Mark chapter 3. Mark chapter 3, and I'm going to read the last few verses of Mark, uh, starting with 31 through 35. And what I'm going to do this morning, I'm going to create a sandwich. And I'm not creating it myself. I'm actually going to just tell you that the sandwich is there. Here, Here we saw a representation of what happened on the cross. And we can theologically sort of understand that, that though our sins were as scarlet, he washed them white as snow. We, we should know in our head, we know in our heads that Jesus died because we're sinners, we've messed up, and that we trust in him. And so theologically we get that. But then there is a difference in understanding that in our head and it being implanted in our hearts. And so I think Jesus, remember, he's going, he, as we've gone through Mark, he's healed people, he's cast out demons, he's done all these things, and people are following him. The Pharisees are upset, the religious people are upset, they don't like what's going on, they, they just do not understand him, and so they're getting upset. They've even considered in their hearts to kill him. And so now we're going to read what he says. Verse 31, it says, And his mother and his brothers came... And standing outside, they sent to him and called him. And a crowd was sitting around him, and they said to him, Your mother and your brothers are outside seeking you. And he answered them, Who are my mother and my brothers? And looking at those who sat around him, he said, Here are my mother and brothers. For whoever does the will of God, he is my brother and sister and mother. That is a tough saying. Jesus is, they're asking questions, and he's like, look, my mother and brother and sister right here, I think he's pointing to his disciples and those who are truly following after him. He's saying, this is my family. Now, that doesn't mean that he was rejecting. Some people go too far that they're no longer my family anymore, our blood family, but there's something about being family in Christ. Have you ever experienced it? When you met someone for the first time, it can be halfway around the world or at 7-Eleven right here, and you find they're a believer, and God just instantly gives you this familial relationship. You have a unity because you have a relationship with God who's in heaven, and it's really cool. So he's pointing out to the Pharisees, he's beginning to just sort of chop their arguments apart, but the verse up here that I want to focus on for a second is, for whoever does... The will of God, he is my brother and sister and mother. He who does the will of God. Now, if he had couched that as uh, he who obeys the word of God, do you think the Pharisees would have gone with that? Oh, we obey better than everybody. We obey, we obey, we obey. But he said, here, whoever does the will of God... That means that there is obedience, absolutely obedience, but there's also listening to the direction of the Heavenly Father. So Jesus was pointing them to, it's not just following rules in a book, it goes much deeper. You need to understand and do the will of God. Then we get into the story of the parable of the sower. So you can see in Galilee here, This is a fertile area. Um, It's not like where we are. Here on the eastern shore, we're sort of blessed with a lot of 
tillable land. Uh, it's easy to plant mostly, and some of you are farmers. I'm not saying it's always easy, but we have land that we can build on. And you can see here there's different patches of different things, and there's actually different soils that take place here. So when Jesus begins this parable, people around him understand it. Some of you could translate it here to the shore because there are some rocky soil and there are some thorny soil, but generally we come across at times when you can just see nothing but green and corn growing and wheat growing and it's just massive, mass produced everywhere. So they had this land and in this land, we read in Matthew, or excuse me, Mark 4, 1, it says, again he began to teach beside the sea and a very large crowd gathered about him so that he had gotten into a boat and sat in on the sea. And the whole crowd was beside the sea on the land. And he was teaching them many things in parables. Hear that. He was teaching in parables. A parable is not something that is easily understood. If I came up here and I taught a parable, you would not most likely understand what I was saying. If I was making an allegory, you would probably get it. If I was being allegorical, you might get it. But if I was saying a parable, you would have to get with me to understand what it meant. You would have to be in a relationship with me. We'd have to talk or I'd have to explain the parable. So Jesus began to explain something that he knew most of his hearers would not understand. So in verse 3, he says... Listen, there's two parts here where it says listen. Listen, a sower went out to sow. And if you look here, we, they didn't have combines, and that's a shocker for you in those days. They didn't have seed machines and all that stuff. They had a bag, and they had a pouch. They had a basket full of seed, and they would go through, and they would just go over all their land. They didn't go, well, this soil is better, or this soil is better. They went through and just cast out seed, cast out seed, cast out seed, cast out seed. So if I was to ask you, what do you think that might mean? And I know you all you know, know your Bible pretty good. What do you think that that might, might mean? Throwing out seed. Spreading the word. Being evangelistic, right? Talking about Jesus. So it says that all, the story here is just like all we need to do is not worry whether the, the land is right, but just cast seed, cast seed, cast seed. It doesn't say that our bag has to be a Gucci or a Parada bag to cast seed. It doesn't say that the sower has to be a perfect theologian. It just says that they have to be obedient to cast seed. So we're going to go into that a little bit further. Mark 4, 4 says, And he sowed, some seed fell along the path, and the birds came and devoured it. Now, we're not blaming the bird here. If you're a smart bird, this is, this is good money for you. But a lot of times... When we cast the seed out, and this is a parable speaking, when you cast the word out, it falls on the ground and it never even takes root, it never even takes hold to the soil. So the birds come down and they take the seed and it goes away. Now as a sower, I'm going to be a little upset at the birds, right? I'm going to wonder why did that happen? You ever wonder that? If you ever shared with somebody and it just dropped to the ground and it was gone, you felt as though you had failed? 
Jesus tells you right now, I think part of the story is that you need to be obedient to cast a seed. You cannot create the soil. You've got to cast a seed. So it's not based on the kind of bag you have or the kind of clothes you wear or how eloquent you are, but you need to be able to share. So some of the seed fell on the path and the birds ate it up. That's discouraging. Next, in um, Mark 4, 5 through 6, other seed fell on rocky ground where it did not have much soil and immediately sprang up since it had no depth of soil. When the sun rose, it was scorched, and, sin, and since it had no root, it withered away. I have, at times, spoken God's word, felt like God was moving, asked people to say the sinner's prayer, pray this prayer, God will save you, believing that. And people at the end raise their hand, yes, I've been saved, this is awesome. It sprung up, you saw a leaf, you saw a little bit of growth and it gone. And it might not just be the first time, maybe a month. Sometimes people come in and they go, yes, I want to believe this, I need what he or she has. They're looking for something from God but they're not looking for transformation of heart. And so they, they sit and act like a Christian for a little bit. They try to see how should a Christian dress. And if you're a guest with us, I rarely dress like this. So this is not necessarily how a Christian dresses. Um, but they will look and see how are they acting? How are they praying? And they'll try to model it. And they're doing it out of their own flesh. And they're trying it out of their own effort. And they get tired. And a sporting event comes up. Or something more interesting, maybe if you're a guy, a girl shows up at your college campus and all of a sudden that's your interest and you're gone. Checked out, gone. And the disciples, you got to remember, people were showing up, seeing healings, wanting to be healed, but many of them were not being transformed. They had to begin to get it. So it took no root and it withered away. Now I want to also say another thing. Sometimes a Christian, if you want to picture the head thing, head, heart, hands, the seed comes into the head and you begin to grow. You do your Bible study. You get involved in the scripture. Maybe you're, you're in, in a group and you're learning, 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 and you can begin to say proper verses. Maybe you memorize certain things and you're like, look, I'm doing this Christian thing now but it just grows up here and it grows leaves and it's pretty, but it never takes root in the heart. And unless something takes root in the heart, fruit is not produced. Jesus said, he said, uh, you will know them by their fruit. You will know them by their love for one another. Being a Christian is not saying a little prayer and doing a few things right, and saying, that's it, I'm done. It's not that. It's also not being perfect. My rag that I had up here, and I could continue to throw dye on it, and God continually forgives me, but that's, he doesn't forgive me because I throw it in his face. I think he forgives me because I'm in relationship with him. And that's going to be my point here in a little bit, that we will know what relationship is. So next we see that other seed fell among thorns. 
and the thorns grew up and choked it and yielded no grain. Are you encouraged as a planter right now? As a sower of seed, is this good news for you? It's not good news, is it? Man, I did this. God, I was obedient to do this. It's like, well, I've done this. I've done this. I brought somebody. And once again, it is not our responsibility to change someone's heart. That's God's. But I do want you to ask the question this morning, which ground is in your heart? So let's look on the next one. Other seed fell among the thorns, and the thorns grew up and choked it, and it yielded no grain. In the New Testament, we read about Demas, and Demas was one of those who was helpful in the earlier part of things. He really did some good things, and then it said, because he loved the world, he left them. Because the attractions of the world were so much, and I just want to say as a church, we cannot entertain you more than the world. Someone better say amen to that. The scripture is not entertainment. We cannot get up and do a dance. I mean, we're celebrating this. This is beautiful, and we should do things like that. But God's word is difficult. It is easier to create our own rules than it is to obey God's word. Far easier. And the will of God. So other seed began to grow. And you can see that greenery in there, but the thorns grow around it. And it begins to choke it out. Everyone encouraged? <laughs> but look, let's look to the next part. Mark 4, 8. And other seed fell into good soil and produced grain, growing up and increasing and yielding 30-fold and 60-fold and 100-fold. They didn't know what he was doing. He was just casting it out, casting it out, casting it out. There's some rocks over there. In the Galilean soil, the rocks grew inches beneath. They would have a little bit of topsoil, and it's sort of like uh, Texas is. Um, there's just some ground like this, and then there's rock. And so many people in the 20s lost fortunes because they thought it was fertile soil and tried to plant soil, and it was just done because uh, a monsoon or whatever they call it, uh, when the rains come down really hard there, or when uh, the winds blew, it took it all out. But when the soil was right, it was good. And when he was alone, those around him with the twelve asked him about the parables. And he said to them, to you has been given the secret kingdom of God, but for those outside, everything is in parables. They may indeed see, but not perceive. They may indeed hear, but not understand, lest they should turn and be forgiven. And he said to them, do you not understand this parable? How then will you understand all the parables? So there is a key here. This parable is a key. He said, if you understand this one, the others will make more sense. The sower sows the word, and these are the ones along the path where the word is sown. When they hear, Satan immediately comes and takes away the word that is sown in them. And these are the ones sown on rocky ground, the ones who, when they hear the word, immediately receive it with joy. And they have no root in themselves, but endure for a while, then 
When tribulation or persecution arises on account of the word, it immediately they fall away. And others are the ones sown among thorns. They are those who hear the word. But the cares of the world and the deceitfulness of riches and desires for other things enter in and choke the word, and it proves unfruitful. But those who were sown by the good soil are the ones who hear the word and accept it and bear fruit. What does this mean? This morning, if you're dependent on your own efforts, your own American ingenuity, you can get it done, you can show God how good you are. That cloth is still soiled. If you are in a relationship with Jesus Christ, that is where you have evidence of your salvation. Remember the disciples? Jesus is preaching to a crowd of Pharisees. I don't know how big the group was. They were listening. They were trying to understand. They didn't understand. But who understood? The ones who got close to Jesus and said, teach me. Jesus, teach me. If you're here this morning and you have been trying and up and down and falling, I mean, that's sort of the Christian walk, and maybe you've been trying, you're worried that you were on rocky soil, or you've worried that you were on thorny soil, or you worried whether uh, the birds have plucked it away, and you put yourself in that story and worry, worry, worry. Here's how you can know that what the seed has taken root is that if you are spending time with Jesus Christ. It's really, it sounds simple, and it is, but it is incredibly difficult because you have to listen, and then you have to obey. I want to be really clear. The work that we showed to kids was justification. That's where we are made right because of what God has done. You can't take that away. Evidence that justification took place is sanctification. It's when we begin to do things we didn't normally do. It's like that. It's like God's doing a work, we're doing a work together, and, and life is changing around us. We begin doing things we wouldn't normally do. I know some of your stories. Some of you, this is the last place you would be on a Sunday morning. And look at what God's done. It's amazing. Some of you, you know, you're, you're married and have a family. You probably thought that would have never happened. Some of you might have been sick and ill and God has done a work, but you just thought it would never happen. And then all of a sudden it's happened and you're just like, God, you're real. And Jesus, you're real. And you can sing, Jesus, you are mine because you're in relationship with him. This is a warning. This parable is not a soft touch Jesus. He's not a feel-good Jesus. This is a warning. If you are not listening to Jesus and you're not in relationship with him, then you have to question where the seed fell. You have to look really hard at yourself. Now, I'm not judging you, but you know your life. I am not a perfect man. Nowhere near it. Ask my wife and kids. You'll get an Amen. But I do know this, Jesus is near, and he speaks, 
And I remember that old song. I remember my dad, he's over there. It's like, and he walks with me and he talks with me and he tells me I'm his own. And the joy we share as we tarry there, none other has never, ever known. If you are not listening to Jesus in relationship with him and doing his will, you have to ask yourself a hard question this morning. You can say he is risen. You can say he died. But unless there's been transformation in your heart, then Jesus says in a parable that you might be rocky soil. Now, there's hope in that. I don't want you to leave here going, dear God, he told me I'm, 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 I'm done. It's over. No, I'm going to say this. God is full of grace. And if you have been walking this path that, and you've just never been in a relationship and you come to church because your wife or your spouse just like makes you do it and, and you do it to make everyone happy, then I'm going to say, cast that all aside and get to know Jesus. Yeah, it's not about church attendance. It's not about how much you read your Bible, but are you sitting at the feet of Jesus? So I'm going to ask, as we stand and the worship team comes up, let's please stand up. The worship team's going to come up. If you're a Christian this morning, you know exactly what I'm talking about, and there are things in your life that aren't right. I get it. It's sort of like my life, too. Do work with Jesus, celebrate what he's done, confirm what he's done in your life, rejoice in it, don't beat yourself up over the head. But this morning, if you question, am I really a Christian? Spend time with Jesus. Ask him this now. As we sing this last song and as we're going to dismiss, would you just say, Jesus, I want to know you. Not here, but here. Let's bow in prayer. Heavenly Father, we thank you that you are risen. We thank you that you are good all the time, Lord. And we thank you that we have this word from Jesus. It's not an easy word. But Lord, you, you said that those of your disciples are the ones who obey your will, obey the Father. Lord, I pray that we would be a church who would trust in your work and do your work all at once. We ask this in Jesus' name. Amen. Let's sing this together and then we'll dismiss. Thank you.